Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Happy Friday, Victory Friday here this week after the Niners' big win last night. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. She's Michelle Maju. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. I will say, we were talking before this, but I just, you're looking fresh. You have a fresh haircut. You're looking good. You look like you have a glow to you. That sweatshirt's looking awesome. You're looking good, Stats. Good for you. Thank you. Wow. Starting the pot off with a compliment. Yeah, I got my homage sweatshirt on, which I love. Did you notice? Throwback sweatshirt because the Niners wore the throwback unis last night. See what I did there? I like it. The red is looking real powerful. It looks like a brand new sweatshirt. There you go. And it's not brand new. I've had it for a while. So if you want to get some uh, sweet homage gear for yourself, just click the link in the description of this episode. It'll take you right there. You can get it. I'm in a good mood. I probably do have a glow. You know, the Niners won last night. They whooped up on the Giants. When the Niners win, I order lunch. That's like, you know, I, I just fully embrace the good vibes. Got myself a little poke bowl. Life is good right now. When the Niners win or lose, I have a mimosa. So we're kind of the same there. <laughs> there you go. I, you know what? You're consistent, if nothing else. Um Before we get started, everybody, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Let's just, I want to, let's break it down this way, Michelle, because I'm very interested, you know, on Twitter, there were a lot of people talking about the game and not overly impressed, it seemed like to me, and I don't quite understand that. So I want to start with you. Just don't even think about it. Give me your like immediate response. How did Brock Purdy play last night? First half, iffy. Second half, I thought he looked really good. I think overall, you're not going to get a perfect game out of any quarterback every single week. I mean, the best of quarterbacks have bad quarters, bad halves. Like, he's not going to be perfect every single play. So, overall, I thought it was fine. I I think think maybe the reason why people aren't, like, super excited, it's because it was a – against the giants. Right. And it was a boring game. Everyone knew coming into it, the 49ers were going to destroy them. And there was no surprises. The 49ers destroyed them. So it it was just one of those games where there was nothing too exciting that happened. And Brock Purdy did his part. Christian McCaffrey still freaking amazing. Everyone (laughs) did what they were supposed to do. And that might not be exciting for folks, but Hey, they got the win. They destroyed the team. What more can you ask for? I think Brock was way better than people are giving him credit for. The first drive was really sketchy, right? He could have thrown like four separate interceptions. <laughs> it, it, he got, he, I've never seen a luckier quarterback in my life. 
because his balls will just never be intercepted. I mean, no one is going to make a play on them. And it's not like they're so strong that like, it's like defensive backs are dropping them. It's just the bounces go his way. He's a really lucky dude, but then he, it didn't matter to him. Those didn't get in his head. He wasn't worried and he just kept doing his thing and he looked good as the game progressed. So yeah, first drive was real, real sketchy. After that, he was fine. I feel like people are sleeping on this win for the 49ers because they didn't immediately get up by 17 points and coast for the rest of the way. Like that doesn't always happen. But when you look at the whole game, it wasn't close. They dominated every possible facet of the game. They dominated points. They dominated yards. They won the turnover battle. They dominated everything. And I feel like, you know, because of Purdy's slow start, and because of the way the game kind of played out, people are like, well, 49ers, okay. Like, no, they're freaking great, man. Give them their flowers. It just took a couple, uh, a little bit to get into the end zone, right? Because they kept uh, stalling in the right near the goal line. So it's not like they're having any issues moving the ball down the field. It's just they ended up dealing with field goals. And in these kind of matchups, I know we hate on Kyle Shanahan a lot, right? We're like, just go for the touchdowns. In this <laughs> matchup against the Giants, I really don't think you need to put pressure on yourself like that. I don't think you need to risk it. You knew the Giants weren't going to score on you. There is no worries there. They just kick the field goals, get the points. Sooner or later, the touchdowns will come, which they did. And so I think that game plan was plenty fine. And that's the only reason it didn't look like they were destroying them at first, but they were really, they were manhandling them this entire game. It was one of the best performances that I think the Niners have had this. I mean, definitely better than the Rams performance, definitely better than the Rams performance. And I just think the people, you know, they have an expectation. The game doesn't meet their expectation right away. And so then they're like, like, well, I guess they're not as good as we thought. I saw this from Jeff Dini of Pro Football Focus. Brock Purdy continued his dominance at the intermediate level. He was six of seven for 115 yards and a touchdown. And through three weeks of the season, this is insane. Brock Purdy throwing between 10 and 19 yards downfield. Brock is 19 for 21 for 324 yards with two touchdowns and 150.5 passer rating. That's a 90.5 percent completion rate michelle <laughs> that's crazy i mean yeah he he puts the ball where he needs to for his playmakers to make plays after and that's really all you can ask for in this offense that's a big not to ever bring up trey lance again but that was a big part of trey lance right it was like you need to put the ball in this particular offense with kyle shanahan with how much they do after the catch like this entire offense relies on yards after the catch the ball needs to be perfectly placed where the player is can run after the catch and you don't give that defense even that point two seconds to catch up to them right so brock Purdy knows where to put the ball and intermediate yeah he just he looks he looks like he did last year and that is good enough for this team and i mean how many times in a row do the 49ers have to score 30 points right 30 points in eight of their last nine regular season games 11 games with 30 points since the start of last year, most in the NFL. This offense is the best offense in the league. Yeah, it is. I mean, look at the Chiefs right now. Can you imagine if the 49ers were performing like the Chiefs offense right now? People would be in shambles and nobody's (laughs) worried about the Chiefs, right? But the 49ers are doing what they're supposed to be doing. I think they're beating my expectations so far this season. 
they're off. I'm surprised that they've been able to continue it. I thought the defenses would adjust a little bit, but right now they're rolling. Randall, YouTube channel member. Shout out to you, Randall. By the way, if you want to become a YouTube channel member, please do. It's less than $3 a month. Get custom emojis. You get membership badges. You get priority comment response. It's a fantastic way to support the channel. Randall says Christian McCaffrey dropped a touchdown from Brock Purdy. Also, that would have been a second long throw dime for a touchdown. It's true. McCaffrey had it in his hands. It was a beautiful throw by Brock Purdy, and the defender knocked it out at the last second. I wouldn't call it a drop, really. I thought the defender made a good play. But that was another touchdown that could have been. And you're right. They did stall out in the red zone a little bit. Got a couple super chats I want to get to. Chris Waddell, thank you very much. Did you guys ever settle on the season win-loss bet? I still think Darnold and Jennings' jersey bet is a good one. Jersey bet's not a bad thing. I don't think we did officially settle, Michelle. I don't. I, I I like that. I would love to see you have to wear a Sam Darnold jersey. And then I want it where your Kittle jersey is. I need it to be Sam Darnold <laughs> for at least a, a month after the season. Yeah, I think it has to stay up for a while. Do I'll, you want I'll, put, I'll put Juwan Jennings behind me. I, I need something back there anyways. Okay. Uh, I like this comment, and I have no idea how to say this name, so I'm going to go with Narbear. Uh, says, Michelle, I want to thank you for my weight loss. I haven't put mayo on my lunch sandwich in a week because you ate the mayonnaise last week after losing, uh, or yeah. Uh, yeah, last week after losing the bet. You're welcome. Just watch that video every time you want to put mayo on your sandwich. And <laughs> it'll keep you off of it for a long time. And can I just say to everybody out there, please, for the love of God, stop sending me the mayonnaise eating competition video. I don't need to see two <laughs> human beings with like gallon tubs of mayonnaise in front of them just horking it down shoving it down their gullet all right stop sending it to me i i know enough <laughs> god talking head says i don't mind being a hater but i can't watch last night and week and say the niners have found a quarterback that they can win a super bowl with these are bottom defenses brock purdy is struggling against better come Better comp reality check coming. Oh, better competition reality check coming. I don't think the Steelers are a bottom defense and they destroyed them. I, I think, I mean, right. we just saw what the Steelers did to Deshaun Watson, got in his head, made him make a lot of bad plays. Like That's what I thought the Steelers defense was going to do to Brock Purdy. And he held his own. He was confident. First came back from injury. I mean, in the Rams, I really don't think a bottom of a barrel defense. Yeah, they were supposed to be on paper, but they've held their own through two weeks now with a young and the Giants, I mean, I don't also think they're the worst defense in the league. They're not top notch, but probably middle of the pack. I, I don't know. I don't really, I think what we've seen out of Brock Purdy in this offense is very promising. And I think if anything, I feel better about them being strong Super Bowl contenders moving forward. Brock Purdy, just to throw it up again, 25 of 37, 310 yards. By the way, it's the most he's ever had in a regular season game. And two touchdowns. And this is the game you lost confidence in Brock Purdy. Like, that seems weird to me. But I think that that's a very common reaction to this game. And don't forget, Brock Purdy was blitzed on 85% of his dropbacks in the game. That is the most in the next-gen stats era. Wink Martindale was just like, we are going to come at you. And I think especially on that first drive that we talked about, Michelle, he was thrown off a little bit. I know that he said that they were prepared for it, but like it's also different when you've got a free rusher coming at you every single play. And so I think that was part of why the first drive was the shakiest drive. Because don't forget, he's still very inexperienced as a player. He needed time to, to see that and adjust to it. 
Yeah, and I think anyone worried right now, I mean, again, we're only three weeks into the season, so if there are some shaky plays, that's okay. I mean, go watch Jalen Hurts through the first two games. Go watch Dak Prescott. Go watch any of these teams that were supposed to be uh, amazing. Like, I know the Cowboys have been dominating teams too, but it's not because Dak Prescott is, like, put it on a show. It's going to take some time for these offenses to really click. The offenses always start a little bit slower than defenses to start the year so like i i'm not if anything it's really promising to see how fast they've started to click and just consistently putting up 30 i mean they have 30 points each of the first three games i don't know what else more you can ask for and brock purdy is getting lucky without turning the ball over and if his turnover start turnover luck starts to go the other way then maybe we start to get nervous but right now uh, i'm happy with what i would what i've seen it could also be the type of thing where Purdy starts to round into form and doesn't have as many turnover-worthy plays. Yeah. Last week, I didn't think he had a single one. This week, he, he definitely had some. But, you know, I just, again, if, if this is like the learning kind of feeling out period, remember, and I said this last night too, like the idea with Trey Lance was play him in 2022, and then by the end of the year, he'll round into form and be a better quarterback and be good to go for the playoffs. Well, you could say the same thing about Brock Purdy. He may, you know, he's a learning robot, so to speak. He's going to be better at the end of the year than he is right now. And so if you're still winning and you're still put on, putting up 30 points a game, I don't know what people are, are worried about or complaining about. No, definitely. And then also I did want to bring up that I do think because of how well he's just held his composure and he's been so great for this team, that was what his 10th start, including the playoffs, 11th start. Uh, yeah, right around there. Yeah. So he's still not even, he like, let's say he's a rookie. He's like just through half of a season of his rookie year. Yes. Can we like, let him keep develop. There's so much still space and room for him to continue to develop and learn. And the more he gets to face different defenses, the more like he has faced 11 different teams at this point, or not even 11 different teams. No, less than that. Yeah, less than that. So he's going to see different looks and different defensive coordinators, and he's going to learn a lot. We got to give him some time here. So I think what we've already seen from him in such a short time is very, very promising to what he can become. And it might not, he's never going to have the strongest arm in the league. He's never going to make the the most flashiest plays, but what he can do is learn a lot with his brain. And he already is playing so smart. Um, Like he does have that. I feel like Tom Brady mentality where he's going to just kill people with his brain more than anything else where you're like, this guy should not be dominating, but he just knows where to put the ball and what plays to make and when to be smart with it and when to risk it. And just knows how to destroy defenses in little tiny ways. I think he's going to keep learning that and learning that. And he can get that Tom Brady brain that is just so dominant in the league I feel like he's like the old dude at the Y when you're playing pickup basketball and you're like you guys got like a sweatband on and like short shorts and you're like oh I don't <laughs> want this guy on my team and then he gets on your team or you're playing against him I should say and all of a sudden he's dropping 30 points he's finding people on assists that are getting open shots and you're like this guy's kicking our ass I feel like he definitely has that little vibe to him yeah. salty cyclist is salty this morning consistently throws behind the sticks on third down that stuff won't work in the playoffs I mean I'll just say this he was nine of 16 on third or, or the 49ers converted nine of 16 third downs they were very good on third down yesterday in fact that's what kept a lot of their drives going they really weren't doing much on first and second down and then they would convert on third down I think that's why it felt like kind of a slower start 
on offense because it was like first down, eh, second down, eh, third down. Okay, we converted. All right, let's keep trying to go. And then they would just keep repeating that pattern. But again, I it's hard to be critical of Brock Purdy. Two touchdowns again, 300 yards. Like, stop comparing him to what you think it should look like and just look at what he actually does and the results the offense has. Yeah. And I do get very, very annoyed uh, about many teams, especially my Steelers that throw short of the sticks on third down. It bothers me a ton, but when you have the weapons to that are dominant after the catch with Debo and George Kittle and CMC and even Iuke, if uh, you know, he's not used in that area as much, but when you have those guys, it's okay. Like they're going to, if that you just give them the blocking needed and a little bit of space, like they're going to get the first down. So I think in this scenario with this team, you don't have to throw past the six on every third down attempt because it's really hard to stop these guys. The first touchdown drive, they converted three third downs. The first one reminded me of the bears game a couple of years ago when, because it was third and 15 and they just run a screen to Debo Samuel And it felt very much like the Garoppolo offense and Debo just does what Debo does and picks up 30 yards and the Niners are rolling. Then it gets a third and 13 and they throw a ball in the flat to Christian McCaffrey and he runs for the first down. It's absurd. And then on third and five in the red zone, Brock throws his first touchdown pass, drops back and throws it basically like with so much anticipation with two guys in his face and he throws it to the front pylon to Ronnie Bell who makes a nice catch to stay in bounds for the touchdown. Like that's not an easy throw for a quarterback to make just cause it's not a, you know, 50 yard bomb doesn't mean it's, it's an easy throw. It was a really hard throw for a quarterback to make Brock put it in a perfect spot and they got the touchdown. Yeah. There's a lot of quarterbacks that would not make that play. There's a lot of quarterbacks that would freak out and either hold on to it too long and get sacked or throw it out of bounds or, you know, throw an interception. So what he did there and Ronnie fell, man, he looked good. He looked really good. Happy like for him. Yeah. Do we like him a little bit more than Jawan Jennings on the field? Well, I said when they drafted him that he was the Jawan Jennings replacement because he does what Jawan Jennings does. He breaks tackles, but he also runs a four five. That's much faster than Jawan Jennings. Uh, And he's, he blocks in the run game too. So the more Ronnie Bell plays, the more I like it. And Oh, by the way, you know, if you're complaining about Brock Purdy, he also completed a beautiful touchdown to Debo Samuel, which traveled 44 and a half yards in the air. It was the longest completion by air yards in Brock Purdy's career. So if you're complaining about dinking and dunking and all that stuff, he also threw a beautiful touchdown to Debo Samuel. That was a deep ball on the right side. So like, again, I don't know what people are, are mad about here. Yeah, both Debo and George Kittle had great games. It was nice to see them super involved. I mean, Debo is looking like two years ago, Debo. So I would yeah, like to see them is. keep utilizing him that way. George Kittle finally gets used in the passing game for once. Nine targets, seven receptions, 90 yards. I do think this game kind of showed them. Like, maybe I know Brandon Ayuk went off in week one, but maybe you don't have to pay him extra. I do think having CMC and Debo and George Kittle is plenty fine. And it really, having Brandon Ayuk there just keeps either Debo or George Kittle from going off, which if Ayuk ends up going off, then who cares? But I just don't (laughs) think, I don't think you need all of these guys. So I don't know if, like, I feel like this game really showed maybe they don't need to pay Ayuk next year. JJ00 watching on my Twitch page at Stats on Fire. Shout out to everybody on Twitch. I like this comment. Purdy to Bell is draft picks 262 to 253. That's got to be the lowest drafted combo for a touchdown ever. It may be. Um, that's a good point. 
That's fine. Debo Samuel, you're, I wanted to touch on that. Like, he's back to being good Debo. Skinny Debo, as Greg Papa called him. Whatever, you, whatever nickname you want to give him, wide receiver one Debo. The dude looks phenomenal. He's a dump truck with the ball in his hands, Michelle. He had multiple plays where he broke at least three tackles last night, picking up yards after catch. He's a freaking machine out there. He he looks absolutely great. Uh, but I, are you worried about the usage? No, not with Debo. I mean, they're not. Most of his touches are not runs, which makes me feel a little better about it. A lot of these tackles that he's breaking are defensive backs. I wanted to say, like, with Ayuk already getting injured, I'm just like, can this team stay healthy, right? So Debo, Debo's looking great, but we do know he has issues staying healthy as well. But I do love that they're using him more. With Christian McCaffrey, with how much they're using him, like, uh, like Debo is just being used highly in this one game, okay? So he has... We're, we don't have to be as worried about that. But with McCaffrey seeing nearly 44% of the 49ers touches so far this year, <laughs> can he hold up? Well, probably not at that rate. But one thing that I did see last night that gave me a lot of comfort is Kyle followed up on his stated desire to get Elijah Mitchell some touches. CMC had 18 carries. Elijah Mitchell had 11. Jordan Mason had three. Juszczyk had one. So they did dial it back a little bit with Christian McCaffrey, which I, I like to see because Elijah Mitchell is a good player too. He is. He's also like one that you don't want to get too many touches as well because 10 touches in a game might be too much for him. I like, I feel like they didn't really go to Elijah Mitchell though at all until there was a space in those points until they started taking that bigger lead. And then he felt, you know, okay to start taking out Christian McCaffrey a little bit more and more, but I do think they're keeping him on the field way too much. (sighs) He's so good. He's so good. And it's really like, I mean, putting the ball in his hands is always a good thing. Right. But we, you can't feed him the ball 400 times in a year and expect his body to hold up, especially talked about all the travel their bodies are going to have to go through this year. A big reason why I was, you know, I had going back to fantasy had Bijan one CMC two. It's because I'm worried about Christian McCaffrey's body holding up. And with this usage, I, I think it has to come down. Uh, it has to come down a good chunk. This is a long season and they desperately need him for the playoffs. Like let it, don't, don't wear him out too fast here. Christian McCaffrey has been with the 49ers for 13 regular season games. And the Niners have scored 30 points in 10 of those 13 games. He's incredible. The effect he has had on this offense Shout out to James T Kirk, YouTube channel member just came over from Krug and Damon. Hi all appreciate you. Thanks for popping in. Hopefully we keep your attention. Chris Waddell with a random question, Michelle. Majuk, is that Norwegian? Sorry for random, completely off-topic question. Totally just curious. It's Polish. 100%? No. Well, I don't know. I don't know if the name is 100%, but I'm not 100% Polish. My grandfather is. Cool. Yeah. It's the big nose. Polish people got big nose. (laughs) Okay, you said that, not me. Just want to point that out to everybody. Um, And I'm going to go, I have to do this, Michelle, because we're 20 minutes into the show now. You know, I don't know if you listened, but before the game, Levin and I did a show. We did a betting show. Did you happen to catch that episode? I did not. You did not. Well, you know, Levin texted me and said, hey, let's get Michelle on and we can do best bets. And I said, no, no, Michelle will do Friday. We don't need Michelle. We can do best bets. Allow me 
if I may, and I have not altered this in any way, to show you my best bets. Number one, the one I was most confident on, Nick Bosa, at least one sack. Dominant sack, too. That was a huge sack. Fantastic. Enjoy the money. My best bet, number two, Daniel Jones, at least one interception. Daniel Jones had an interception. And Levin said, who's going to get the interception? Guess who I picked? Fred Warner. No, Talanoa Hufanga. Wait, who no, got Fred Warner was the one that hit it up, right? Yep. Okay. Who caught it? Talanoa Hufanga. Yes. Three for three for me. My third best bet, George Kittle, at least 43 receiving yards. He had 90 in the game. I was money on the bet. And I guess would what? say I would have gave those. I really would have. Um, I, I had some best bets on a, another show and I had George Kittle and Daniel Jones throwing an interception. But so I, I love it. I love that you maybe you're learning from me, Sat. <laughs> no, <I think laughs> I'm going to take this as I have been your teacher and you're doing such a good job. And and I don't have the graphics because I changed some of them. Levin made three best bets, including taking the under 44 total points. All three of Levin's best bets hit yesterday, wow. too. We were a perfect six for six on the betting show. That will probably never happen again. But you know what? I'm taking a victory lap today because when it happens, you got to enjoy it. Uh, it's pretty wild that the 49ers put up 30 points and it was still an under the 44. Yeah. Uh, Levin pointed out, I think like 65% of the Thursday night football games are under. So if you're ever going to take an under... That's apparently a pretty good bet. Uh, I want to switch it up now and go to the defense, if I may. The Giants had 150 total yards in the game. That is less yards than the Cowboys gave up to the Giants in week one. Like, it was an, an unbelievably good defensive performance, but I think people are going to say, well, it was a one-score game. The Giants had 12 points. It's like, no, they dominated. I do think what people will say it's the Giants. And we saw in week one, they put up zero points against the Cowboys. In week two, until the second half, they did absolutely nothing. And then they hit a bolt of lightning for one second. And then, yeah, against the 49ers, they didn't do anything either, as they should not, right? So the 49ers defense was dominant. I will say against the Rams, allowing Puka and Nakua to have, what, 15, 15 receptions, 147 yards. Wild that he got 20 targets. That whole Puka Nakua thing for the Rams is wild. And then Tutu Atwell had a good game. Uh, Kyron Williams had a good game, too. Like, I was so off Kyron Williams last week against the Rams. But so that was worrisome slightly that they were all able to produce. It was more like a bend, don't break defense right in that moment and the 49ers played the Steelers in week one that doesn't count they, <laughs> well it doesn't so count bad. because the 49ers made the Steelers look so bad though Did you like see that. how bad the, the Browns made the freaking Steelers Do you see how bad every team makes the Steelers we are pathetic on offense pathetic I've never hated a team more in my life <laughs> <laughs> the text messages I get from Michelle about the Steelers are really really bad I hate um, them they make me so sad they make me drink mimosas <laughs> Daniel Jones had 137 passing yards on the entire night. 39 of those passing yards came on the Giants' first drive. So again, like just because it wasn't immediately dominant by the 49ers, like don't sleep on how good this was. They absolutely destroyed the Giants on the game. I actually thought the Giants, number one, should have run Daniel Jones more. He did nothing on the ground in this game. I think they had maybe one designed run for him, which I couldn't believe. 
And two, Daniel Jones only took two deep shots the whole game. And one was literally on the Giants' first play from scrimmage. And then he took another one late to Darren Waller, I think, in the third quarter. But that was it. Other than those two deep shots, Daniel Jones did not have a pass that went 15 yards past the line of scrimmage. Like that's If that ball was put on point, like giving Darren Waller even a chance, I, I think Darren Waller probably comes down with that over Oliver there. Yeah, they're just, I don't know what this Brian Dable offense is doing this year. Jalen Hyatt, the rookie who had that long catch last week, barely even played. It's like, yeah, they, they're just doing dink and dunks on the 49. Like you're going to get destroyed if you do that. I mean, you, they literally saw the Steelers in week one and they're like, we want to copy their game plan. <laughs> that was great. Like they literally did that, but the, the 49ers did what they needed to do on defense and they look good. They look like they did last year. And Javon Hargrave looks like an awesome addition leading the team with five quarterback pressures last week. He leads the team with 18 quarterback pressures this season. Uh, I don't know if that's what you were just pulling up. Sorry. So I have the pressures just from last night. 23 okay. total pressures on the night. Nick Bosa, ho-hum, leading the team in pressures again. No, it's with- so weird because PFF has Nick Bosa with six pressures last night. Next Gen Stats, where I got mine, only has him with three. But they do have Hargrave with five each on both sides. Mm. All right, well. It just all depends on what I guess they count as a quarterback pressure, but – I was just going to rave about Hargrave here for a second. Nick Bosa, sure. we already know, is great, but he leads the team with 18 quarterback pressures this year, according to Next Gen Stats. So I don't know what it says on PFF, but he leads the league too. And I know he's got one extra game about everybody else, but only Arden Key and uh, Micah Parsons are the only two guys with more than 13 quarterback pressures right right now this year. So I do expect even after all of these teams play this week, Hargrave's still going to be at least in the top three in quarterback pressures this season. And I think that's huge when you already know how dominant Nick Bosa is. Drake Jackson's doing his thing too. Like he's looking better. And I, I think this is just that Hargrave signing is proving to be really just massively huge for this team in general. I think he's part of the reason Daniel Jones didn't have anywhere to run because he couldn't really step up because Hargrave was always pushing the pocket. Daniel Jones, two carries, five yards with a long of four in the game. He had one carry for one yard at halftime. There was just nowhere to go. And that's exactly what this defense wants to do. They want to collapse the pocket and collapse on you like a, uh, a net or like a, I don't know, boa constrictor where they just squeeze you and leave you with nowhere to go. And it's phenomenal. And if they didn't have freaking Dre Greenlaw getting a stupid 15-yard penalty every week, that would be that's like my only complaint about the defense. It's like Dre Greenlaw, just you know, I know you like to crush people, but just do it legally. That's all. <laughs> I will say, like, we're gonna see this defense be amazing again next week. And like against the Cardinals. And I, I another game that I'm just not too excited for, right? Because I don't love these games where, the, where any team just kills the other team. I mean, it's always fun when your team wins, right? But against the Cardinals, it's not going to be a fun game. Again, the 49ers should just destroy them on both sides of the ball. And I don't think we get a real true test here to see what they're made of in this conference until they play Dallas in week five. That's going to be a huge game to just really, I mean, Right now, this conference is looking even worse than we could have imagined, right? I mean, <laughs> when you have the Falcons and the Saints and the Buccaneers all at 2-0, and and you're like, well, that's surprising. They're doing good. It's like, but the rest of the teams, I mean, the Eagles don't look as good as they were last year. Dallas is looking great, but now Trayvon Diggs just tore his ACL and will be yeah. out. We'll see how that affects the defense. 
And then there's really nobody else. So I think this doubt it's going to come down to the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Cowboys again. Like I think those are the only three options in this conference. So those are the games I'm obviously, I mean, we were already eyeing those anyways, but those are the teams I'm looking at to see really how much they compare to those other teams. And like, do they just have it? Like, is this their, is this their year to win it all? They're certainly acting like it. Uh, Leon Dixon on YouTube says every game where we hit 30 plus points and it isn't even close is a fun game. I totally agree. I don't want any of those cardiac games, man. I give me the 20, 30 point victories every single week. I am never going to complain. I'll say it's fun. No, I'm not saying it's not fun. And you want to see your teams destroy teams. You're supposed to beat. I'll say it's really fun when you do that against a team that was supposed to be a close game, like the Steelers game where everyone was calling the Steelers to win, including me, and they destroy them. So much fun for you guys, I'm sure, right? I'm sure it was a blast. I was over here crying, but I'm sure you guys had a blast. But when it's a boring team and you know you're already supposed to destroy them, like there's no there's no way for the game to be too much fun, right? Because if it ends up being a close game, that means you're sucking because you're not right. supposed to be close in this matchup. And if you end up destroying them, you're like, yeah, that's what was supposed to happen. You know, that's all I'm talking about here. I'm not saying it's not a blast, but it's way more fun when you beat up on a team that's a good team. I just feel like I don't want people to get ever in a space where they're like, yeah, we won, but. The only way you should feel that way is injuries. Like the, the game Trey Lance got hurt against the Seahawks. Jimmy came in, they won the game, which was awesome, good, and it was always good to beat the Seahawks. But at the same time, because of the injury, there was such like a deflating feeling. That I could understand not feeling good after a win. But other than that, like you feel great about these wins. Do not take these wins for granted. It is hard to whoop a team in the NFL. And the 49ers have been whooping people basically ever since Brock Purdy got in. They had more double-digit wins last season than anybody else. They've already got double-digit wins this year. I mean, they're, they're picking up right where they left off, and don't take that for granted. 13 straight regular season wins. That's basically almost an entire undefeated season. When do they lose again? Because I actually don't think they lose against the Cowboys at home. Ooh. They're not going to lose against the Cardinals. They're, the Browns, their defense looks good, I guess, but their offense looks atrocious. It is at Cleveland, but still, they're not going to lose to them. They're not going to lose to the Vikings. Maybe if Joe Burrow is back to health and their offense starts clicking, maybe the Bengals would be their first loss, maybe. It's going to be – they have a shot at the franchise record for regular season wins. It's not totally out of the question, but like you said, they they have to win a couple of tough games. 16, I believe, is the record by the 89-90 49ers. Um, that's easier said than done, but the way they're going right now, like everybody believes that they could have put up more points, right? They could have put up more points against the Rams. They could have put up more points last night because they stalled out in the red zone. And if that's true, then we haven't seen the best of this team yet. And that is a crazy, crazy thought. Uh, and I, you know, there's an article from the athletic today. I believe it's by Marcus Thompson who talks about, the chances the 49ers have of joining a very exclusive club. The 500 point club is the, is the historic uh, mark that he's talking about. Only 28 teams have ever done it in the history of the NFL. It's not out of the question. If you do the math, it comes out to 29 points a game. So basically the Niners would have to do exactly what they are doing for every single game for the most part this year. I think they have a shot, Michelle, and it's only been done by one other 49ers team ever. 
And that was actually the 94 team that won the Super Bowl. None of the Montana teams ever did it. None of the Walsh teams. Seifert and Young and Rice and that super team they had in 94 is the only other one. And I think they absolutely could do it this year. And they haven't even really had any close games yet, right? Where it was like they felt like they need to keep putting up points and you're you're going up against these close games where you still are trying there in the fourth quarter to score a lot of points. So yeah, they're, it's going, they're going to have some games, 35, 37, 40 points where they don't need to score 30 points every single game. I, I, if I actually think they will be in the 500 point club this year, as long as CMC stays healthy and Brock Purdy's out there and it's not Sam Darnold, you did bring up the, the longest win streak in team history uh, for regular season win streak. It was the 1989-90 uh, 49ers, but 15 wins. So they're only two 15. wins away from tying that streak. And so they had to beat the Cardinals and the Cowboys, and they tie it. Man, and this is not a team, you know, with like a, a crappy team history. We're not talking about, you know, the Bears here. We're talking about one of the best franchises in NFL history, and yet, this is like a realistic thing that's going on. Don't take it for, for granted. Chris Waddell says, crazy stat. I just saw 49ers had more yak yards than the Giants had gains in total. I know the Giants are poop. That is wild to me. Yeah, the uh, 49ers, 215 of the 310 total passing yards in the game for the Niners came after the catch. And normally some people would say like, oh, that's a criticism. They're throwing short, all that stuff. But when you're getting blitzed 85% of the time, that's the correct play is to throw the ball to the check down, throw it short, get it out of your hands fast because there aren't as many defenders there to make the tackle. So I don't think that criticism holds up in this game. That's what should have happened. And of course, when you do that, you play right into the Niners hands. He did it right. And if he didn't, let, let's say he wasn't getting the ball out and he was trying to hold it like a Justin Fields. Yes. He's sucking. All right. I'll give you that. Just feels uh-huh. but, um, if he like if he was one of those quarterbacks who held on to it and kept taking sacks, we'd be really mad at him too. He's making the right reads, getting the ball out of his hands, letting his playmakers make the plays that he knows they can make. Like that is what a quarterback is supposed to do. Now, if he had time and he was just getting out the ball out of his hands quickly for no reason and there was guys open down the field, then maybe we can be upset with him. But this is the play call. This is what he's supposed to be doing. And it's working and it's glorious. Like you can't be mad that the playmakers are doing uh, a great work after the catch. If I had Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and Debo Samuel, that's what I would be doing too. Uh, Nick Wagner is the one who had the note. Giants had 150 total yards of offense. The Niners had 201 yards after the catch. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> That's different than uh, the number that I had seen on the topic bar. But anyway, yeah, it's it's insane. It's friggin'. So they had 441 total yards last night. Do you know that the Steelers have never had 400 plus yards in a game with Matt Canada as OC? He became OC in 2021, at the beginning of 2021. And they have never had 400 total yards in a game with him. You are going through it right now. I am. I'm sorry. Um, Antonio says, I really like the mindset of the Niners. There's room for improvement always. Yeah. Shanahan talked about it. Shanahan was like the happiest one after the game, which if Kyle's the happiest one, that's surprising. Brock Purdy talked about it. You know, Hey, there's more points there. We could have been better. Kyle Juszczyk talked about it. Trent Williams talked about it. Like there's definitely the attitude of, Hey, we can get better. We can clean things up. They fumbled a snap for the second straight week. That basically killed the possession. They keep hitting the friggin' punt returner before he catches the ball. That's a really annoying thing. Um, 
So there's definitely ways, easy ways that this team can improve. And that's the most encouraging thing after three games. It really is. And what I do think what Christian McCaffrey doing is so encouraging. A hundred plus scrimmage yards and a touchdown each of the three games. I gave the stat where just like he just consistently puts up like 150 scrimmage yards like every game of his career. But I did want to I thought this was a really fun list, right? So this is gonna be a little bit longer, but now bear with me here. But McCaffrey is the 10th player in NFL history to score a scrimmage touchdown in at least 12 straight games, including the playoffs. So this is the list. It's a bunch of Hall of Famers, by the way. It's OJ Simpson, John Riggins, Lenny Moore, Emmett Smith, Emmett Smith again. He did it twice. Jerry Rice, Ladanian Tomlinson, and Lance Allworth. So those are all the Hall of Famers. And then the ones that aren't Hall of Famers, Christian McCaffrey yet. Arian Foster, who just had a great run there. And George Rogers for Washington. I do not know who he is. I'm not even going to lie. But the, that's the entire list. So if Christian McCaffrey hits 13 and 14, like he's he has a chance here to break the record for most consecutive games with touchdowns. It's at 15. He's at 12. Let's go, baby. Get him. Get him touched on every one of these three games. And oh, by the way, I'm not 100% confident, but I'm pretty sure Arian Foster's offensive coordinator was Kyle Shanahan. Okay. So this is like, hey, let's, you know, kind of got experience in this area. There's no reason why he can't break that record. I mean, the guy, he can score in so many different ways. He should have had two touchdowns last night because, like I said, he had that one knocked out of his hands in the end zone. It, it's all good right now for the 49ers. Yeah, I was on with Kay Adams yesterday, and she was, like, trying to get me to complain about something. I don't have anything to complain about, really. I mean, other than than Kyle, than conservative Kyle popping up last night, punting fourth and two from the 50-yard line, that, you know, and it's a lot easier to let that go when you're still scoring 30 points a game. But other than that, life is freaking good. Here's how good it is. Jake Moody is not even being talked about. Nine field goals through three weeks. Nine extra points through three weeks. Zero misses through three weeks. Due to He's this good. At least He got all of his misses out of the way in the preseason. Yes. He apparently did. And he's looking, he's looking good. His mental, obviously his mental space is clear and he is making the kicks and that's all that matters. He's looking good. There's really, really nothing to complain about. I don't, like, I don't, what, what is there to complain about? If I can't find something to complain about, you know, I will say the one thing is I do think they're overusing Christian McCaffrey and that can come back to bite them hard. Let me ask you this. What's the right number of touches for McCaffrey per game? My goodness. I think he can do when you're winning, especially in these three games, like you were winning the whole time. I think capping him to 18 touches or like keeping him to the 15 to 18 touches a game, he can do enough. Maybe run with him less. Use him more as just a receiver. Let Elijah Mitchell or Jordan Mason take more of the carries give him give Christian McCaffrey the big moments where really like you really need that first down or you really need that big play or whatever like that's when he has to be in the game for sure but on those other plays where you just you know you need those four or five yards give it to Elijah Mitchell like just save CMC's body a little bit 18 carries 23 total touches on the night for Christian McCaffrey 
but you know, and he's the kind of guy too that's like always. But in that Kyle's- was lo- that was lower for him, right? Because they actually put Elijah Mitchell in. So in twenty three yeah. is too many probably for him every week. Like we need to bring him down a little bit in games that it's super close, like in, uh, like against the Cowboys. That's when you use him a ton, right? You need your best playmakers out there. But when you're playing the Giants, when you're playing the Cardinals next week, you don't need to put twenty three touches onto CMC's body this early in the season. Thomas says 15 to 18 touches a game, then go nuts in the playoffs. They did give Elijah Mitchell 14 touches last night. The problem is they ran so many damn plays. Brock Purdy had 37 attempts, and they ran the ball 39 times. Like, they just had a ton of plays because the Giants couldn't do anything. Hines says, stats, do you like Greenlaw taking stupid 15-yard penalties? I talked (laughs) about this earlier. No, I do not. Like, tone it down, Dre Greenlaw. There's a line there. Plus, I'm sure every team that you play is sending tapes to the officials of you doing your crazy borderline stuff on the field every play. So you got to get that uh, under control, but it's all good for the 49ers right now. Sit back, everybody relax on this Sunday. Enjoy the week of games. You can sit there and root for a Seahawks loss and Rams loss and, you know, maybe Cowboys and Eagles too. Why not? Let's make it a perfect week. I'm actually doing something. I'm going to Philadelphia tomorrow, Michelle going to Philadelphia to celebrate my 15 year wedding anniversary. Going to go visit my best man and his wife and their family. And uh, do I wear, 49ers gear that is the question <laughs> are what they Eagles fans no uh my buddy's a Jet fan so then no if they were Eagles fans I would say wear it but if not then no wear something nice that your wife would like to see you in it's your 15th anniversary I don't know I kind of want to go around you know they just won on Thursday night football they're undefeated they look really good I kind of want to walk around with some Niners gear on Do you want to make your wife happy or make Eagles fans mad also do you want her dealing with Eagles fans you know talking crap you all night make your wife happy wear something nice and don't worry about getting in the heads of Philly fans I'm sorry I'm being I'm just thinking in my girl brain you know I, I want I want you to be a good husband Charlene says, wear those Niner Reds, baby. Uh, it's 15 years. I think I, I've made my wife happy enough. I think you, it's time. <laughs> listen, it's the middle or, you know, when we get towards the middle of the season, she's going to feel neglected. Make her feel loved this weekend. Wear something nice that she likes. Wear her, your fa- her favorite outfit on you. I have no idea what that is. Probably just whatever covers up most of this is probably the the thing that she would pick so anyway that's going to do it for this edition of the show please like and uh, follow the youtube channel and rate review and follow the podcast network please 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 leave us a five-star rating and review it helps bump us up the charts so that more people can find us and that's obviously what we are trying to do three and oh 13 straight just in these are the good days, you know, in the office at the end of the show and creeds or somebody, maybe it was Andy says, I wish somebody would tell you in the good old days when you're in the good old days, guess what? This is the good old days right now. We are living it. So enjoy it. Wear your Niner threads, Michelle. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Thank you. You too. And saying that quote reminds me of when the Steelers were in the good days, the good old days. So really, really appreciate it guys. Cause it sucks when you're not in the good days. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye y'all.